Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hello, it's Wednesday the 11th of October. I'm Miranda Sawyer and I'm a walking, talking glitter bomb, baby. Welcome back to Paper Cuts, the modern newspaper review, where we dress up the UK press in sequins and lycra and make them dance around the room for our entertainment. Can The Guardian give a passable American smooth? Will The Telegraph keep lifting up those chunky Tories? And why does the star's cha-cha-cha look like that? We're out five days a week, Monday to Friday, so you're always informed and enlightened, except for the weekends. Now, here are the headlines for today's show. Sprinkle of magic dust. Protester dumps glitter on Keir Starmer's head just before he makes his speech. Menopause for thought. Does the male menopause exist? The columnists are getting a tiz about it. And are you really going out in that? The Times has decided what we should be wearing this autumn, so start making notes. Welcome to Paper Cuts. We read the papers so you don't have to. Thanks for joining us on Paper Cuts, where we never give a 10 before the third week. I'm Miranda Sawyer, and joining me on the show today is Podmaster's managing editor and secret emo, Jacob Jarvis. Hi, Jarv. Good morning, Miranda. Also with us is comedian and recovering goth, also jazz ball, <laughs> Marcus Brigstock. Hi, Marcus. Hi there. It's been quite the transformation for me. <laughs> so what have we got on the front pages today? It is incredibly grim today. So, Jarv, let's have a look. So on the Times, there is, at the top of it, we have got Mariella Frostrup, men hands off our menopause. Beyond that, though, then there is a bit about Starmer promising a decade of renewal. But the main story there being, again, about the situation around Israel and Gaza with the headline, Hamas cut the throats of babies in massacre with a piece by Anshel Pfeffer from Israel there on that front page. Then in The Guardian, again, Israeli troops mass on Gaza border as Hamas attack death toll hits 1,000. They've also got a really big bit about Keir Starmer there with a photo of him and will heal wounded Britain. Starmer promises despairing Tory voters. Also, I took on the bedbugs and won. Not Keir Starmer saying that, but The Guardian front page it's saying a big it. picture of a bedbug as well, isn't yeah, it? It's really, very large. It's a really big one. It's quite sci-fi-esque. <laughs> And then in the Daily Mail, uh, Holly Willoughby gets the the main chunk of the page, a massive picture of her. The real reasons Holly's dramatically quit this morning by the writer who knows her best, apparently. And then beyond that, again, the, the grim situation in Israel with this was a Holocaust pure and simple. And then on the eye, Massacre of Innocence, again, on that that horrible developing situation there. Top corner, power not protest, which is about Starmer shrugging off the glitter attack with appeal to floating voters. Also, UK government pressuring the BBC boss to call Hamas terrorists in news bulletins there. So mainly a bunch of pretty bleak front Mm, pages there. Definitely. Yeah, across the board. I mean, obviously, Telegraph, Sun, Mirror, everybody's covered it. Um, Separate to that, though, the front of the Telegraph, oddly, has got Starmer's time to shine, which I think is quite a transformation for the Telegraph. Uh, The lower half is gas prices surge as Russia suspected of sabotaging pipeline, which 
Doesn't sound like Russia at all. Mm. Uh, more coverage in the sun of Holly Willoughby quitting. Um, the Mirror, um, a Britain built to last. Labour leader defies glitter-throwing protester to sparkle with rallying call. Um, they're, they're all over it. They love it. And the star, thank God, as always, for the star. Boffs, fungi will cure the world's diseases. Get a shroom. Uh, and there's a picture of a guy who looks like he's tripping in some 70s glasses, leaning over a mushroom that's two or three times the size of him. Uh, so he's clearly taken the mushroom and then looked at the mushrooms mushroom. And he's had a lovely, lovely time. Yeah, thank you, Star. OK, I feel like we should definitely... Uh, quickly have a look at the main story in most of the papers. Most of the papers have led on these terrible stories that are coming out of Israel. Mm. Basically, reporters have been taken to the kibbutzes where awful massacres have occurred. They've definitely seen evidence that children were killed and that old people have been killed. But there's also some other stories that are coming out from the soldiers, isn't there? Yeah, there's this uh, suggestion of uh, babies having been beheaded, which some Israeli soldiers have spoken about. But in terms of that being then verified by journalists. There's a bit of a, a gap there between that. But Awful. It's, yeah, it's, Absolutely. It's really, 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 really terrible. To... There was also a very weird situation um, given, you know, if we look at the papers, there's essentially two big stories, three big stories. There's Starmer, but then there's Holly Willoughby, mm. and then there's this awful massacre. And there was a weird moment on Sky News, wasn't there, where two of those stories collided. The most extraordinary thing, a Sky reporter uh, reporting from Jerusalem broke the news that Holly Willoughby was to quit this morning. It is the most <laughs> oddly juxtaposed thing you've ever seen as the uh, skyline behind him is unfolding horror and he looks straight into camera and goes, and some breaking news now. I'm sorry to tell you, Holly Willoughby will be quitting this morning. And how are you? It, it just It's it, so I, mad. I would love at some stage to meet that journalist and know what he said to his producers when they said, look, would you be happy to break the news of Holly quitting this morning live from Jerusalem? It's My God. completely It's so Black Mirror. Yeah. Bonkers. Now, Keir Starmer gave his big hour-long speech yesterday to a packed hall at the Labour Party conference. It was a buzz with excitement, apparently. Not many people could even get in. But he was interrupted before he even started by an excitable young man who burst onto the stage and shouted something about democracy before dumping a load of glitter all over Starmer's perfect hair and nice blue suit. To his credit, Starmer then took his jacket off and did his speech in shirt sleeves, which might even have been a better down-to-business look. So, Jav, before we get into how the papers have covered everything, let's have a look at the glitter, shall we? <laughs> because it seems also, it slightly seems like it's helped Keir Stum. I mean, it's given him a bit of zhuzh, hasn't it? Exactly. Well, it's a very strange moment because you know, there are obviously concerns with MPs when something like that happens. And we've hmm. seen that the Times is saying there will be reviews on security because for someone to be able to get that close to the leader of the opposition, and it's very fortunate it was only glitter and not something worse. So... You know, bit of a heart in mouth moment there, but definitely a question around Keir Starmer has always been about his his personality and who is he. And I think it showed that he's clearly someone who is not particularly flappable because he took it very well and then was able to to quip. You know, we're a party of that wants to move into power, not a party of protest. And then it just gave him this brilliant metaphor of being able to literally roll up his shirt sleeves and get on with it, which is essentially what he was saying he's going to do for the country. But looking at the photos of it, I mean, 
He looks quite cool, doesn't he, with this sort of purple and green haze around his head in a way. I mean, given that I'm a full supporter of Keir Starmer is boring and I'm so ready for boring. (laughs) I am so ready for boring. I'm 100% supportive of it. But Keir Starmer is, and I mean this as a compliment, the only politician at the moment of any prominence who you could cover in glitter and broadly speaking, remains unchanged. Yeah, well, I mean, he also indicated what sort of bloke he is, I think, by the fact that he definitely irons his shirt sleeves. Because yep. I'm wearing a blazer, I think, as long as the sort of top yeah. triangle is ironed, I'm all fine. But he's clearly well prepared enough to iron the iron the whole thing. So, yeah, yeah it's sort of it, it turned around to be, it gave him a bit of a a moment to show his character, be calm, have a bit of a metaphor. And then it's also, you know, all the drawn out metaphors of everyone saying he sparkled. He did sparkle. And they've come up with a t-shirt, haven't they? The Labour have got a t-shirt now, which is in red, and it says Sparkle Starmer, which vaguely looks Christmassy, which is a bit odd. It does. (laughs) It's like what the gnomes would wear, doesn't it? Difficult time for Brexiteers as well, because uh, the EU are very much in the process of banning glitter, Mm. because it's sort of broadly speaking Mm. felt that fish with really sparkly insides is probably not sustainable. Uh, so Starmer in defiance of EU regs <laughs> is well, covered in glitter. And also he'll never get it out. So even when it's no, banned no. you can't get glitter out. There'll be little bits in his in, in his quiff and his eyebrows for like months. Fish with sparkly insides is my upcoming children's book. <laughs> so look, the content of uh, Starmer's speech was leaked yesterday to the papers yesterday yeah. and uh, we covered it. We talked about it on the show. What What's interesting about today's coverage, Jarv? Is there any? Did he save any special bits for the actual day? So, and the Guardian points out here that it was relatively light in policy, and one of the big things being this plan to build 1.5 million new homes. But the sense I got from the speech, really, in that it wasn't meant to particularly be about policy, because. As he pointed out, a lot of the people at Labour conference didn't really speak very much about the Conservatives, but he did speak about the Tories and Mm. the the problems they're obviously weighing upon the country at the moment. And basically, we don't know when the election is going to be and we don't know how bad things will be at that point. So it's quite hard for him to say policy is going to do because then he can make promises based on what it's like today, but who knows what it'll be like in a few months. So I think the main thing from the speech and what has come from it and it links to that glitter thing is it was about really projecting the brand Starmer and the vibe of Starmer. And that's kind of, to me, what he saved was showing that little bit of himself and who he is and that that understanding of how people's lives are. I thought one of the most interesting bits covered in it was when he spoke about you know, going to the supermarket and not being able to maybe just pick up a, a little treat that makes your life a little bit easier and that yeah. sort of thing. I think he showed that that understanding of where people are more so than big mm. policy announcements were, were what were needed there. It's yeah. interesting, though, how the papers have covered the speech. So, like, literally, you know, you you expect good coverage in The Guardian. The Mail have just been like, ignore, ignore, nothing, nothing happened, nothing happened. Um, the Times has sent, like, quite a few people up there. It's always an indication that, that, that a party's doing well when there's a lot of columnists, and they sent three columnists up there. They're all pretty approving. But the thing that's really amazing is isn't it? Is the Telegraph. <laughs> the Telegraph have gone kind of Starmer bonkers. I think they've got a tiny bit of a crush. I think they have. I do. I think once the jacket came off yeah. and, and the, the glitter was there. And the shirt rolled up, the Telegraph went, hello, where have you been? Uh, it's extraordinary. So ja- Janet Daly is working very hard on the, who, she says, who is Keir Starmer? <laughs> <laughs> who, 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 who's this? 
the who is ma- this fella? Man, it's a man showed up there. And who is that? As she says, a man without charisma or policies. Um, okay, fine. Too much rhetorical optimism, she says. Not enough real meat. They're going to tax meat. Yeah. Uh, that's <laughs> one so thing. so annoyed at the country being talked down as well, though. And then now that he's talking about maybe talking it up, they're going... Fucking idiot. Yeah, not the country. <laughs> not <up>. that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Duh. Look around you. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing to talk up here. Um, Tim Stanley in the Telegraph basically says Keir's going to win. He says uh, that was worth a standing ovation and he sparkled like a pop star. <laughs> <laughs> it really makes me laugh. It's so yeah. funny. <laughs> uh, he said Tim Stanley didn't like his mixed metaphors, said yeah. uh, this was Keir's best speech yet, if only because I can't remember the others. Bam! Yeah. What a dig. Yeah, it is. I mean, it is really funny because if you look at the Telegraph, it's just absolutely packed with. I mean, it's great. You know, they co- they have to cover it. They are covering it. But the kind of reluctance of saying this was actually quite good is really mm. hilarious. And there's an extra piece that's put in there where they've. <laughs> They found a survey. It's so brilliantly bitchy, this, in the Telegraph. What words are associated oh, the word with, cloud thing. with yeah, various yeah. politicians? So the first word for Keir Starmer is boring. So the Telegraph is absolutely great. But then the second two are honest and good. So they're a bit like, mm. yeah, yeah. See, oh. euphemism for boring. Yes, yeah. <laughs> but that sounds re- like how you describe sort of your, your sister's boyfriend, who's just fine. Where you think, oh, I'm, you know, what, I'm glad. I'm I glad she's so. with him. He's okay. I don't want to hang out with him all the yeah. time, but I'm glad that my sister is with him. I think he sounds like a vicar. It's a bit vicary, but also then they 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 kind of slightly mention towards the bottom how Rishi Sunak was described, and the first word was incompetent. Yeah, <laughs> and then to just bash that up, there was also useless and. Rich. My favourite thing now is to go around the outer circle of a word cloud because that's where all the really fun words, that's where you'll find twat, knob, tosser, git, ass. Like the granddad from Father Ted. <laughs> yeah, what you really think, just coming out of the edges. There's another piece in the Times, isn't there, Joe, by uh-huh. um, Hugo Rifkind. It was in yesterday, which he basically thinks of what uh, Keir Starmer needs is Britpop. Yeah, well, it's this that there was a cultural moment around Blair, which allowed Blair to sort of hook himself onto that cool side of things. I would also say say Blair at that point maybe did just seem a little bit naturally more cool than Keir Starmer does. But it is a point that as much as he's trying to wants to harness Blair and everyone's throwing Blair at Keir Starmer, he clearly wants it. The world is very different to how it was in mm, 1996. Yeah. It's just a completely different place, whether that be culturally or economically or politically. So there is a point there that it is a it's a totally different playing ground. But I'm not sure also if there was just a, you know, a new blur were out that that would really help Keir Starmer all that much on the on Not the really and blur didn't really associate themselves with, you know, they very deliberately didn't go to mm. number 10, didn't they? Uh shall we talk the song? <laughs> because you were at mm. the you were at the Labour conference and you kept saying that people kept singing D Reams, Things Can Only Get Better, which was the 1997 song. I mean, I, I mean, I feel sorry for you that yeah. people were singing that all the time. It was really, it was in the background quite a lot outside the speaker. I'm not uh, I'm not sure, sure exactly what group was was playing it, so I'm not sure where it was associated. Oh, was it like then, a busker version? No, no, it's coming out of a speaker, but it was with, there were a few sort of fringe groups outside and mm. stuff like that. And then, yeah, some of the, some of the parties have heard tales of people really singing along to it. I, I did get sick of hearing that song. I thought things would get better for me 
if I didn't have to hear the song. I think it's going to get better. I'm sort of picturing the Starmerite wing of the party singing it really aggressively to the few fully left members of the... Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like Do you remember it. this one? Remember this? Yeah. Things can only get better. Those two sort of rival football fans. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. The exactly. gates between them. Well, Starmer actually came on to Lionheart by Fearless, which I know you know. Uh, yes, yeah, yeah, you're very tune. popular. It's, it's Fearless is actually um, Tom Grennan, who I did know, and Joel Corey, who's a DJ, who used to be on Geordie Shore. Oh. There you are. Mm. Pop fact for you all. I mean, it's a very mm, bad nice. song. I have checked it out. It is very bad. <laughs> I actually realised that I'd seen it performed. Because <laughs> oh. I went, yes, I went to the Jingle Bell Ball with my daughter <laughs> in December last year and they performed so you've it. you've seen it live? I've oh. seen it and live. And can they man. pull it off live? Oh, definitely. Tom Grennan's a very good performer. Oh, tremendous. Yeah. There's a sketch in the Times that I very much enjoyed and it's about Angela Rayner. Shall we discuss this? It's about oh, yes. her preferred drink. It is not warm white wine. It is venom. Do you know the ingredients? Shall uh, I tell you them? I think that all the narratives around Angela Rayner really fascinate me all the way back from she she opens her legs and flashes them in the House of Commons, which is the accusation bollocks. that the Tories made. Absolute bollocks and all the rest of it. But I think if we were playing a guessing game of what Angela Rayner's preferred drink is, it might well be this. Okay. So, Venom, <laughs> if you want to follow at home, <laughs> what you need is basically a bathtub. <laughs> and in, into the bathtub, you put a litre of absolute vodka, a litre of Southern Comfort, about 10 bottles of blue WKD, <laughs> wow. and a litre of orange juice. And, says Angela, I promise you, whoever comes to your party will have a great night. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I mean, yes, I, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. She was a much better prepped student than me if she was making that in her student days. It feels like a lot too much effort to just get really pissed, to be honest. Yeah, because a lot of students would be looking at that going, orange juice? <laughs> <laughs> I think she's making it now. That's why I like yeah. it. It's not student. This is like what you get if you go around Angela's house on a Saturday night. I bet it's delicious. Yeah. If you like sugary booze drinks, I bet that is absolutely <laughs> delicious. Now, over the past few days, there have been quite a lot of pieces about the male menopause, also known as the menopause. Several public bodies, including police forces and universities, have been told to give middle-aged men up to a year off paid leave if they have very bad symptoms of the menopause. Apparently, this is a real thing, um, but several columnists have been getting very upset about it. Jav, someone has got very, very upset about this today, haven't they? So in, in T2, in The Times, we've got Mariella Frostrup, who has written a piece, we've got the headline, Manopause, sorry guys, it doesn't exist. And so... It's, it's a long piece, man. It really is. And this is talking <laughs> about the idea of the menopause, which is a really frustrating portmanteau, it would seem to me, because it's called the menopause, so it already has... Men, yeah, in it's, there. It's and then absolutely gone infuriating. Yeah. I, it literally is like a Lots splinter under my nail. Why don't they just call it the woman pause? That's what yeah, I exactly. say. Yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm not really sure what it is, but that to me seems to be part of the the paper's fascination about it because they just love these words that are thrown together and slung. Yeah. It gives you a new word, stick in a headline, people go. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And then that gets people interested. <laughs> Thousand because, words, thanks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> basically nothing in, in there. But so Marietta spoke about there basically being that apparently uh, 
The menopause is now not just well and truly out of Pandora's box, but fast becoming the covetable lifestyle choice du jour. How else to explain why men are so eager to jump on the bandwagon? And then she starts talking about the the menopause, which I'm going to be completely honest, I don't know tons and tons about It's all right. You're not a middle-aged I'm woman. I'm here to inform. Yeah, so, yeah, please. <laughs> the <laughs> thing I really like about that is it's like a covetable lifestyle choice du jour, and it really isn't a lifestyle choice. Like, you really don't have much choice about it. <laughs> no. So the point being here, though, is then there is a... Uh, she goes into that men do experience a gradual reduction in testosterone production of about 1% a year from about the age of 30. So mine's nearly 1% down at this at this point. I'm and doing a tiny violin for you right yeah, now. Please, <laughs> please do. But that it's kind of it's it's nothing like the 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 rapid decrease in hormones which which greets women in midlife yeah. and which in until recent progress on diagnosis and sport left them abandoned and struggling alone. We talk about the male midlife crisis and of course mental and physical health should always be taken seriously, but men don't have a sudden dive in testosterone in the way that our hormones go haywire. So yeah, I believe it's called the andropause, which is a yeah. thing. So it basically there is a thing. It's called the andropause. For some reason the papers and people have started linking that and calling it the menopause. It's gradual. It's roughly 1% reduction in testosterone. That is not comparable with what happens for women in a much more intense period of time. Mm. And this does look horribly as if men are going, oh, can't we have oh. that? <laughs> can't we have that? That's the gist, isn't it? Yeah. Like, <laughs> Why have you got all Davina McCall? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't got anyone on this. <laughs> it's always the idea that the councils are doing something about it. I always, I never quite believe these stories when they go. There's a council that said, you know, that yeah. men, that men now have a, a, year, a year off for menopause. And I think, is there? Is there? It's the really? equivalent of faceless bureaucrats, isn't yeah. it? Sort of, no one will say what council or where or who or ever. Yeah. But we have got a hero where this is concerned, and he's to be taken seriously. And his name is Sean Ryder. So Sean Ryder basically says he's got the menopause and it's a nightmare. In the list of things that might be facing Sean Ryder at this stage in his life, with what I know about him, I'm not sure that this is the menopause. I think there may be other health concerns at play here. Well, he says, he it was interviewed in The Sun, and he insists that the menopause is real. And what it is, is he got very depressed, he lost his libido, he was tired all the time, couldn't be bothered to leave the house. And he can only cope if he now uses, he uses testosterone gel. Basically, his testosterone was kind of on the floor. Mm, and if he okay. puts the gel on, then he cheers up and and goes out of the house. So what he's saying is, yes, it exists. So if Sean remembers to take his medicine, he cheers yeah. up. Yes, exactly. Okay. Which I is mean, very the, like a middle-aged woman in menopause, I have to say. Thing <laughs> about, the thing about the loss of libido, there's actually a really good letter in the mail today about this. So the loss of libido is sort of grouped into the menopause experience. Oh, it's tragic. I'm 50 now and my libido, and I, I won't, bog us down in this too much, but has <laughs> faded. And I'm here to tell you, I concur with the letter sent to the mail. It is the greatest relief ever. <laughs> it's like, it's literally like someone taking a massive weight and just unfastening it. I mean, if I wasn't addicted to social media, the amount of time I have now that I'm not going for like some awful character from a carry on movie. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I have loads of time left. Frees you up. It frees you up. <laughs> it's absolutely tremendous. Yeah, so the menopause, good thing. Well, look, from my experience, things are changing and it's a mixed picture and change is always a little bit scary. But whatever's happening in my life, it's it, it's pretty good. I don't doubt for some blokes it's really, really scary. And if, if the symptoms are really bad, buy a Tesla. <laughs> that seems to cheer a lot of them up. Now, here at Paper Cuts, we're headline hoorayers. Short and silly, pithy and punny, or even the extended headbangers remix of a Daily Mail rantathon, we don't mind, as long as they make us laugh. What do we have today? Jav, what do you have? I've got in the Daily Star here, there's a bit of a story about, it's apparently the, the USA Mullet Championships which they're voting on at mulletchamp.com until Friday, which include chaps with nicknames like the BC Gravy Train, Terry the Walmart Wolverine, Panhandle Justice, and the <laughs> Carolina Shrimp Trail. No, the Carolina Shrimp Tail. Anyway, it's, a, it's a bunch of blokes with these quite impressive mullets and also really intense sort of wraparound sunglasses too. Uh, they've gone for the headline, Mullet Masters. Wow. I mean, it's about the pictures, I have to say that. It really I mean, is. you know, ladies, hold yourself back. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These guys look sharp, and I mean pat sharp. <laughs> uh, Marcus, what do you have? Uh, well, the son have got a story about a, a new posh chicken pie, which basically uses all of the chicken. So the posh chicken pie has head, wings, and feet. And uh, the headline is Choco Van, uh, because it's a pie with a chicken's face sticking out of it. And a secondary headline, that's foul. Um, <laughs> it is a bit much. It does sound a bit much. I sure, thought... sure. But if you're going to kill a creature, then eat all of the creature. Yeah. That's, yeah, that's I'm, I'm a carnivore, right? But I do definitely believe in nose to arse eating. So you'd like the little feet? <laughs> the whole. You've got to have the whole damn thing. Stop killing stuff and putting half of it in the bin. All of these fussy carnivores go, I wouldn't eat that bit of it. You killed it, you finish it. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good one. But my favourite in today's sun is this. So there's a troupe of Morris dancers who've dropped men from the title. So they're no longer Morris men. They're now Morris people, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Morris dancers. And the headline they've given is Do the Wokey Cokey. Yes, the Wokey. Uh, which is brilliant. Do the Wokey Cokey. Uh, put your woke self in, your woke self out. But the really <laughs> lovely detail with this story is that this group of Morris men, who are now Morris dancers, have dropped men from their title. They don't want to be called Morris Men, but they haven't allowed women <laughs> into the group. <laughs> so, no, 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 no. It is, the times have changed and we are now Morris Dancers. We're not okay. Morris Men. And it's still <laughs> no girls allowed. <laughs> the Morris People sounds like it could be a sort of indie village people cover band. <laughs> Smiths and village people songs together. Yeah, the Morrissey Dancers. <laughs> Now, in the Times T2 section, which is the frothy and fun lifestyle part of the paper of note, other than Mariella's menopause piece, there are several pages telling us all what to wear. First up, the men. How to look modern. How do you think you should do that, Marcus? Probably not wear this sweatshirt. <laughs> <laughs> OK, there are some rules, apparently. The first one is don't wear a shirt with a suit. I mean, well, possibly, I don't, I don't know what else you could wear, okay. a basque. 
What? Uh, don't wear a shirt with a suit. No. All right. So what, what do you do with your tie then? Well, you yeah. Well, I don't know. You put that around your head and you wear a t-shirt. Ridiculous. Okay. If you're taking enough testosterone, you'd have a really just big, <laughs> luscious mane of hair there to cover the suit, wouldn't you? To flat. Yeah. Put glitter on. You look amazing. Okay. Embrace stealth colour. We know what that means, don't we? Stealth colour. Stealth colour. No. Uh, it basically so means sort of matte black. No, stealth colour will be like something really bright. But in socks, it's always just put okay. some jazzy oh, socks a little, on. A little flash. Yeah, a little, a little flash. Petit peu de oh, which I bet it is. I haven't even read this bit, but I bet you any money. Like Keir Starmer's hair for the next six weeks. Yeah, it's just literally a little hint that. of glitter. Yeah, a little hint of that, a bit of a scarf. I mean, it's quite boring this, but I will go through and uh, to just tell you that you should invest in youthful footwear. <laughs> I think actually if you go for too youthful footwear, it has the, the complete opposite effect of making you look more youthful. It sort of highlights from the bottom up that it's kind of got a bit. A bit. I, mean, I don't that, know what is youthful footwear. Well, that's really, not, that's bit, yeah. not difficult, actually, because when you reach sort of 50 plus, you are you, you, like you need comfy shoes. Yeah. And the comfiest shoes are the high end trainers with... Ultra Boost soles. That's what Ultra okay. Boost is what I'm wearing. <laughs> Imagine that Ultra Boost. After this, when I walk back to the tube from here, you want to see yeah. the speed I get up. Yeah. I look like I'm on an airport conveyor. Okay, which trainers are back? So this is Adidas Gazelles, which yeah. I, I am aware of because they've been all over my sort of my Instagram for you page. Comes up with loads. Of, I bought a pair of Adidas trainers not not long ago. Were they Gazelles? Say that. Uh, they were Sambas. Okay, so that's allowed. Quite very close. similar. Yeah, Cracking very similar. shoe, not enough arch support. Yes, very true. They're very flat. So flat, mm. so flat. And compared with your bouncy, Compa- compared with my ultra boost. Mm. I mean, it, you know, in a race, I'd still come second. But my god, I'd make a hell of a showing. Anything <laughs> with suede on in Britain is also just quite hard to wear because there's yeah. never good weather for suede, yeah. really. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, we're being advised to wear gazelles. I mean, you're wearing your gazelles. Mm-hmm. You've mm-hmm. got, you know, your splash of colour. I've got the thing for you to wear on the bottom half. Oh, Are you yes. ready? It's a skirt. Oh yes. And you've got a choice of pleats uh-huh. or splits. Basically, you um, need a skirt that looks like a kind of old-fashioned shower curtain. Okay. That's one. Okay. Or the other one is you can wear kind of a long denim skirt with a split at the front. Your choice. Mm. Well, I would go with the pleats, to it's be quite honest. Wafty. Because, yeah, because the split up the front would mean, as a man at least, mm. that I think the tip of my penis would show. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing about Mine that. Mine definitely in this. wouldn't. So. No, well, exactly. You see, I mean, they they don't cover the real issues. <laughs> okay, now we're all dressed up. We need somewhere to go. Mm. <laughs> and uh, there's been an interesting story about a new nightclub in the Guardian. Uh, Marcus, where is this new nightclub? Well, brilliantly, it's in IKEA. <laughs> So what you do, right, is you show up in all your clubbing gear, right, in your new gazelles and your front split skirt, and you go straight to the side and have as many meatballs as you can fit in, stock up on tea lights, and then it's straight to the main dance floor. Double-dropping meatballs. Exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then if you start to lag later on, no need to find a dealer. You simply get a big bag of mini dime bars, which is the main reason to go to IKEA. This is... It's on the site, right, of a former giant IKEA, which is a perfectly serviceable place for a nightclub because it's a warehouse. Yeah, exactly. So basically, what used to be IKEA, it's now, um, they've done it up, it's called Drum Sheds. It's massive, obviously, because IKEA is massive. It's 15,000 people capacity. Mm. So it sounds quite good, although it says 40 minutes to get through security, which I think is quite... 
Have long. they left the um, yellow arrows on the floor? <laughs> Have they so left that, the big bags? <laughs> so that as people dance, you can sort of snake your way round the room. I mean, it, it does seem a shame that they haven't left any of the IKEA stuff. I completely agree. Because basically what you need in a nightclub is certain little small areas. So if they just left a yeah. few of the rooms, like they could have had the kitchen, a kid's bedroom, you know, a nice yeah. bathroom, that would yeah. have been great. And you could have just gone and Someone hung out there. Miranda, I'm going to go to the bar. I'll see you in plastic pot plants. Yeah? <laughs> I thought that was a really missed opportunity. They should have sort of kept it like that. Jav, have you been to the clip art? Um, we've been to the clip art lounge. Um, there was, uh, from years ago, IKEA had to ban people going in and having giant games of hide and seek. Yeah. Yeah. Which was so funny. I, ju it just, I, I wish I'd been along and played. I never did. But what a joyful thing to do to get a gang of mates. And initially it was hide and seek, and then they upgraded it because they worked out that sardines would be more fun. <laughs> So imagine if you're the person looking around Ikea and you're like, I don't know, I think this might be quite nice for our bedroom. And you open the cupboard to have a look at what storage there is. And there's seven or eight people in there all giggling, going, come in, come in. But that's the thing I think is the problem with this massive uh, Uber club, though, is just I hate when you go out and you instantly lose all of your friends. Yes. And here, if you've lost people there... You are fucked. There's no yeah, way you're yeah, finding yeah. anyone That's again. That's why they They're need the gone. little rooms. They need the yeah, divisions. And yeah. the yellow arrows on the floor. <laughs> <laughs> And that's the end of today's Paper Cuts. Thanks to Jav. Thank you very much. And thanks to Marcus. Thanks for having me. It's been lovely. Uh, remember, we'd love your support so we can continue to bang out the show every single weekday. We are 100% backer-free and entirely independent, so all your contributions are hugely welcome and go on Marcus's lovely sweatshirt. <laughs> no, sorry, on making Paper Cuts as great as we can. So why not chip in? £3 a month means that you can get every episode without adverts. If you support us with a little bit more, you you can get special secret extra funny bits on each episode, plus paper cuts, mugs and T-shirts as occasionally modelled by us. Follow the show notes to back.papercutshow.com. That's B-A-C-K dot papercutshow, two S's in there, dot com to find out more. Our immensely fabulous supporters get a shout out on the show. And here are three now. We're going to read out one each. Joff. Thank you from me to Joanna Toner. And Marcus. I want to say thank you to Kay McMillan and say as a special thank you, I'm not going to wear a split skirt. <laughs> <laughs> and I'd like to say hiya and mercy buckets to Catherine Shuresh. I've been Miranda Sawyer and you've been listening to Paper Cuts on a day when a Spanish OnlyFans model agreed to meet her biggest fan, mm -hmm. only to discover that it was her dad. Mm. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> See you tomorrow. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Paper Cuts was written and presented by Miranda Sawyer with Jacob Jarvis and Marcus Brigstock. The group editor was Andrew Harrison. The managing editor of news was Jacob Jarvis. Production support was by Adam Wright and the producer was Liam Tate. Music and audio production was by Simon Williams and the executive producer was Martin Boytosh. Paper Cuts is a Podmasters production. <laughs>